Welcome to the XYZ Experiment. I'm your host, Fiona, and I'll be your Gen X today. Hi, I'm Dash. I'm a millennial, also known as a Gen Y. Hi, everyone. Sarah here. I'm the micro generation between Gen X and millennial, but in my heart, I'm kind of a Gen X. Hi, I'm Amelia. I'm dual generational on the cusp between millennial and Zoomer, depending on the day. Dash, when you mentioned that you noticed yourself with the habitual nature of going for your online shopping adventures when you were bored or stressed, it's fascinating to me and it's something that I am really trying to lean into. For me, I don't have that. I always have something to do. Like I'm always working. I always have a project that I'm working on or something filling my time and I very seldom have silence and I think that's something that's a coping mechanism for me rather than scrolling through clothing websites but it doesn't leave a lot of space for focusing within myself in terms of self-care and thought. So are you <laughs> saying that you um like you feel every moment so you never you do you never feel bored is that right? Yeah never because for me I like working because it's creating so, for example, the average day for me would look like get up in the morning, maybe go for a bit of a run, do a bit of um, breathing, and, um, and then I'll go to work, and then I'll come home. And if I'm going out to have dinner with friends or catch up, so be it. But normally on a weeknight, I don't tend to do that. I'll come home and do some study, or I'll be working on my business with the honey with my mum and talking to suppliers and getting back to designers. And yeah, I'm always just doing something in the background. Do you think that's a, a thing of your generation, that real go, go, go? I feel like when I watch a lot of TikTok and things like that, there's so much about like entrepreneurship and being busy and I'm just I'm just reflecting on what does your diary look like is that a point of control that there's every hour there's something that you're doing like I'm thinking when does she relax when does she when does she yeah. listen to her mind when does she sit down and just have a listen well that's the thing that I think it becomes very dangerous and uh, there's this real sort of sexiness of the hustle culture which we've yeah, stepped away the hustle culture. from yeah. there's sort of this rejection of hustle culture at the moment within the social media space because it's like busyness for the sake of being busy like it's not meaningful busyness and you will burn out You, a lot of people have that entrepreneurial desire because they want freedom and they see that through and particularly so, nowadays Amelia sorry can I just stop you there what is freedom are you talking financial freedom are you talking about it's, artistic yeah. freedom? What what's what what is that freedom? What what are they looking for? I I think within my generation there's this terminology known as FU money. So people want to get to this point where or the fire movement which is like um, retiring it by the age of 30, like really really early. And so people there's different ways that people will do it. So they'll either look at becoming like a crazy startup millionaire who's been super successful in that space or they'll live very frugally and build up their reserves so then they can get to that point where they can live off the passive income of whatever they do um and so i think it's interesting at least within the social media that i consume there's this real movement of my generation at the moment rather than excess like youtube used to be all about 
halls of designer brands and makeup and the more the better but nowadays people are sort of more intentional they're sort of thinking well, why would I spend all this money on that when I could be investing in in stocks and shares and try to build different things like that so different between our generations because in, with Gen X when we were in our 20s that was Gordon Gecko greed is good and it was about yeah. it was about the car the bag the holidays it was all about what you were showing society it certainly wasn't um, like what you guys say um, nowadays your generation's quite different and it certainly wasn't that I'm going to retire at 30 hustle it wasn't that it was like I'm going to work really hard for years to come like Gen Xers really work hard still now still in our 50s we're still working just as hard I think we are a generation where we saw our parents and the stress that they went through in the 2008 crisis. Because I'm on the cusp of millennial and Gen Z, so you hear a lot of stories of people who graduated just after the big um, global financial crisis, and that was their new grad position, and the world was sort of crumbling in terms of financial institutions. And so we've had that in our sort of early lifetime, and then we had COVID, and so it's been a lot in a short amount of time and I think we've seen sort of the dot-com boom very very early on for us and then we hear of the, and the dot-com crash mm. yeah and yeah. that's and then also we've seen the crypto bubble now as well and make of that what will happen uh, but I think it's fascinating for us especially with social media there's so many different subcultures within a generation and there's always been subcultures within a generation but for example the Wolf of Wall Street you look at that movie and when that came out, it was glamorized. There's some areas of my generation who aspire for that, but I think a lot of people are realizing that there's, it's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that it was sold in the past to be. It was jail. Mm. <laughs> I remember when I first started teaching in university, we taught people to be a degree, like that that's what they were going to be. Whereas in... Um, the generations that are coming up now, they're being taught knowing that the degree doesn't matter, actually, that the jobs that they will be doing, we do not actually have degrees for. And what they're learning about in terms of what's out there for them in the whole wide world is not through university. It is exactly like Amelia was saying, is through social media and seeing how other people are doing things and almost trying to find a niche or a thing that will make them famous or will make them lots of money or will make them known in a different way. Um, and we, we, it's, it's beyond the structure of what a lot of the institutions that previous generations trusted for kind of, this is your direction. That doesn't, I don't feel, um, is of relevance anymore. I totally agree, Dash, because um, you think about even just university, when when we first went, um, I'm a Xennial, so there were, I, the internet was sort of starting up, but you needed to go there to get the knowledge. Yeah. Whereas Amelia's generation has every single degree that ever w w has been and all every knowledge with that with a few taps on the phone. Yeah. So it's just, it's just thinking about like how you get knowledge, where you want to go with it, what your possibilities are with that, 
what you're entitled to in a completely different way. With the younger generation, it's like the message is everything is possible, whereas in we kind of were like it's possible within the realms of what we've been told, you know? Like, it, we, we weren't as dreaming as, as big or as kind of unfiltered um, in the same way. And I think it's fascinating now to see what's happening in the tech space, what's happening in kind of these new emerging career realms. And, like, you know, even now I reflect on things like hospitals or aged care, there's this new generation of people who are like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to disrupt that. And we are going to create an app that you can select almost like Tinder, the care worker you want to come and help your mum out. You don't have to go through an actual organisation or an institution. And so, you know, all of these things are happening. It's just possibility endless. And it's not in the same way that we were growing up and kind of being told this is what you can be and this is what you could be. I'm finding it fascinating on a lot of social media, and again, I'm going back to TikTok and YouTube, that um, there's a lot of boomers and Gen Xs passing comment on the Gen Zs yeah. a lot. And I was watching one recently, Mark Boris, and he did this whole thing about how Gen Zs have got to learn to, um, you know, come into work five days a week and, and they need to learn that they can't be the CEO. They've got to be, you know, start at the bottom. And he's giving this whole lecture about it. Uh, and, you know, I was listening to him and, I mean, it's only like a five-minute grab going, yeah, yeah, you know, Gen X, yeah, you know, you've got to work and you've got to earn your place and all that sort of stuff. And then I saw a response video to it from a Gen Z and the Gen Z just destroyed it. And they were just saying, why do I want to work nine to five? Who made those rules up? And that's crazy with your burnout and your, you know, multiple marriages and not knowing your kids. And, you know, I'm around my friends and my family and I feel like I have a more sort of inclusive life and I get to do other things other than just working my guts out all the time. And I thought, yeah, the Gen Zs, they, they're actually working out what life probably should really be like. And I was thinking, don't listen to us. Don't listen to us crazy generations who just have absolutely done the slog. Eight to five every day. You're always at work. Like, It's like a couple of years ago, just before COVID, I was on a tram um, going to work. It was like half past seven in the morning. And I was having this thought, I was looking around at everybody on the tram and people had their eyes closed or people on their mobile phones. And and I, in my own head, I just wanted to scream, what the fuck are we doing? Like, this yeah. is insane. We're like rats in an experiment, just doing the same thing every day. And we're all exhausted and we're all looking at each other and or, or we're all not interacting in any way. And like, is this what life really is? Is this what my life is? Just the the drudgery of that, you know? Whereas I reckon Gen Zs are going, hey, there's more to life than this. There's more to life. But I'm interested in what Amelia's response will be because while there's drudgery with what our generations kind of do, I do feel like there might be still elements of burnout and drudgery then in almost having everything being possible. And like I've listened to people talk about the pressure to have to post on Instagram daily and create content and 
that you don't get a break actually and if you do take a break then you're going to lose followers and then what's that going to do and all of those kind of things so they do have potentially pressures but they're different and it might not be a nine to five job but might maybe now it's a 24 7 job true what's your thoughts on that amelia i think for a lot of people it's like the paralyzation of choice when you could be everything it's very hard to be anything it it's very it's a it's a it's a liberating but a scary precipice to be within um and i think for that reason it's quite stressful for people because like the beauty of the internet is it has democratized so much about education like i can literally look up a harvard coding course and do the first like semester of it for free on the internet and then if i want a, a accreditation i pay 300 dollars for the certificate at the end and it's genuine like um bona fide like lectures from harvard in the past like if you were going to go to harvard you would need a lot of money to go across to america and do that kind of thing um and so i think i'm fortunate in the sense that my degree was very directed like i was going to dental school to become a dentist there's definitely deviations within that but it's a narrowing down of the potential possibilities um which is nice but for a lot of degrees like business or finance it's like the world is or laura it's the world is your oyster where is your pearl like i think Mm. people get very fixated on what do i want to do what do i want to do it's also challenging for us in the sense that we have this a lot of empowerment behind us and a lot of opportunities and people say like conviction in yourself like don't have imposter syndrome or like crush the imposter syndrome it's striking that balance where you're hungry and ambitious but you're also humble it's like where is that line Mm. I think that's where some of that animosity from the older from us older generations might come from that Mm. Fiona was talking about because it really was a you work hard, you earn, you know, your place, you be humble. Maybe it comes down to that sort of scarcity model, right? Mm. Because we didn't have the whole world in our pocket. So knowledge and all the things that come from that was literally scarcer. And so for for your generation, well, there's not that scarcity. So why would I need to be limited or or humble or anything like that so I think that there's that disconnect um, with your generation in that way. To Amelia's comment about you know now education being so much more freely available and one of the things that I grew up with as a mantra from my family was get an education because that's the one thing that people can't take away from you and that is in the context of my family fleeing a civil war in Sri Lanka where because we were Tamils, um, my, they, o- they only allowed 4% of um, Tamils to go to university. So even if you got incredible marks in high school, if you didn't make it into the top 4%, you weren't given a place in university, whereas in that wasn't the restriction for the other groups in Sri Lanka. And so my dad did get into university and he was able, and so did his brothers and stuff, but it was such a hard kind of competitive thing and you think 
there were so many people who didn't have that privilege, even though they were so brilliantly smart and they were so passionate about furthering their education. And so I was always grown up with that mantra, you have to get an education, you have to get an education. That was a lot of what my family invested in for us to be able to get good educations and to go to university. And my parents were incredibly generous by paying for our university education here. But also that, you know, Australia does have affordable university education. And I mm. do find it fascinating that, yeah, now people, no matter where you are, as long as you have access to the internet, can log in to different courses that are low cost free, they're credentialed. I run some of these micro credentialed courses that you can stack them and get a degree at the end of them. So you can choose all of these different micro credentialed courses and stack them to get a degree. And I was just like, the access and so now knowledge isn't privileged and held it's everywhere and um i think that's amazing but then there's a whole nother conversation as to then which knowledge is the right knowledge and what is the good you know like because it's everywhere people can create knowledge and put things out there which may from a um evidence-based or whatever lens be like well is that good or not but anyway that's another conversation just listening to you talk about you know the privilege of going to university and things like that and just going back to our different generations again and maybe in the gen x when i was in high school and uh, i was working very hard to go to university I didn't know what I wanted to be yet. I didn't know I wanted to be a dentist at that stage. And in fact, I was going to do Japanese interpretation because I did years of that and with economics. (laughs) I know these things change. But the one thing I wanted was to get into the University of West Australia because that was the privileged university of my town. And just thinking now about you know, um, what Amelia was just saying, like it's blowing my mind to say that you can do a Harvard course for free Unless you want the certificate, then it's $300. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that information. So I'm going to be looking that up myself now um, <laughs> because I think that's amazing. But just the access that you can now have, no matter where your um, privilege is and your pay scale, that you could actually do that. You could actually go to a Harvard course, obviously online. But you could do that, mm-hmm. like as long as you've got access to a computer or, or a, a mobile phone or something like that. That is something that my generation and the boomers never had, no. you know, like never. That's incredible. That's actually just incredible that you can do that. It's interesting when I think about it because they, I really believe in the whole term of you can only be what you can see. Um, I think there's truth to it to an extent. There's also trailblazers who go beyond that, which is amazing. But nowadays we can see so much and that really does open a lot of doors to people who otherwise may not have, like especially someone like myself growing up in a country town. Nowadays you can see a lot on social media that's beyond anything you would ever see in your local area. Probably one of the generations that were the workaholics were the boomers, which Mm. were my parents. And, and their parents with a silent generation coming out of the world wars, not being able to have the education or be able to afford the education. And so, you know, the way that they, they looked after their family was they worked, my, my parents worked seven days a week, like yeah. um, seven days a week. And they worked hard, my parents, so really, really hard. did both your parents work? Yes, 
yes. Was that, that, was that unusual, though? No, not really. I think my mother was part of that start of that generation in the 70s and 80s. And don't forget, women worked all through the world wars and all that yeah. sort of stuff, you know, while the men were away. So, um, yeah, so my mother... Um, someone to really be admired she she was a very hard worker a good earner um i have a lot of respect for her work ethic but she worked seven days there's no doubt about it to hustle for her family you know and um and make sure that we could get an education and make sure that you know i'm like we weren't um indulged that's for sure but like if i wanted something i i could have it because she worked so hard for it you know and um, when I reflect back on that now, I just think, wow, the sacrifices she must have made for me to have that. Unbelievable. You, but you don't appreciate it as a child or something like mm. that. And then, so I just wonder if we look at that generation and the Generation Xs, we sort of took a lot of that with us as well, that, you know, you've got to work really hard and you've got to get an education. And, and then that was a little bit more accessible for our groups because our boomer parents were just so like you were saying about your parents get get an education you know get a degree which um you know seemed to be really important even though they didn't have degrees themselves some of these parents you know they didn't they didn't have these degrees um but they saw a way of it moving in the world but i just wonder as it filters down through the generations and we see the millennials and we see the z's because a lot of the z's are kids you know like they'll be my children um they just go oh, I just don't want to do it that hard. I just don't want to work that hard. But I wonder, I feel like we have a concept of work and what is hard work that is very informed by our generation. And I don't actually know whether or not we can compare across because if I, um, I am very challenged, I will admit it, I'm very challenged by the Gen Zs and the um, generations that are coming through now and how they work. And I think it would be easy for me to say they don't have the same work ethic as me. But then I know they're hustling, right? And I know they're doing other things. And so it's just that their concept of work might be different and and where they might be balancing some of the things might be different. But I would still probably say they have an interpretation of they're doing really hard work in the same way that I would say as a millennial. And I'm at the um, start of millennialism, to be honest. you know, we were given a lot of flack for not working super hard, but I would say that of all of my friends, none of us, even though we're in our nine to five jobs, actually work nine to five. And, you know, I've come back to work. I started work this year. I have worked every single weekend, both days. So I haven't actually had a break. And after we do our podcasting today, I'll go home, have a little nap, but I, I have book chapters due. And mm. so, you know, I, mm. I just think... The workaholism is a hard conversation because I think we're all working in different rhythms and it's hard to compare them. Dash, do you think that my generation gets the job done though, even though they're sort of spread across different focuses? I think that's an interesting question because I think maybe they have a different (laughs) sense of who the master is. Yeah. And so it's not necessarily about getting a job done for their employer. employer. Um, it's about doing enough so that they can keep going to then hopefully land in the space they want to. Well, I don't know, but like my interpretation is that they don't necessarily work for their boss, whereas in my generation kind of does, and I think previous generations do, but 
That's would, why I feel like the rhythms are different. We definitely do mm. Gen X's. We work for yeah. the boss. There's no doubt about it. So yeah. maybe, Amelia, I'll be mean and say you're the self-absorbed work for yourselves generation. And so then the work <laughs> getting done is whatever you then define as that. Maybe. <laughs> and um, Dash, absolutely, I can say that Gen X's, which I've got one foot in both camps, but I lean more towards Gen X. We felt the same way about you, millennials. I know. Still do feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious as to whether or not you would classify yourself as a workaholic and I've been reflecting on this quite a lot and I would say that I definitely am a workaholic. I'm now 10 years post PhD um, and so just reflecting back on the last 10 years I can see how much I have worked and how much I have a drive to work is the type of work I do, there are often a lot of deadlines, right? So it's hard to kind of then create space for breaks. Um, and case in point, I've come back um, to work and in my six weeks off, I had a great idea for a new project and a grant opportunity came up and I was like, I need to put that project into this grant opportunity, which means I have four weeks to pull this massive application together because of the rhythms of my work, I'm in meetings all day. So to write it, I'm writing it on weekends and I'm writing it after work, but I am loving every moment of writing this grant. I'm also writing a textbook in my spare time and it's 34 chapters. And um, I have eight chapters I think I do on Monday. So I've got another three I have to write this weekend because I haven't had a chance because I've been writing the grant but again really love doing it like there's an element of it that I'm like I really enjoy the space of doing that deep dive into things and thinking about them but I know I'm a workaholic because I hate being interrupted I become this ultra focused outcome oriented person as soon as work starts if I'm interrupted by a person I can get really pissed off at that person Wow, And so I'm just like, this isn't, it isn't healthy. It's really not a healthy thing. I'm, I definitely think I'm a workaholic, but I've got to try and find a way, I think my challenge for this year of harnessing the good elements of that, the joy I have from my work, the creativity I feel through the things that I do without making it, making me not functional because I got to the end of last year and I was super unwell like I was my body was so unwell there were days I couldn't actually walk or stand straight and so that's not I don't want to end 2023 like that so workaholism is an addiction it is an addiction for me I but I've got to work out how do I put rest in and boundaries in and what do I, what am I saying yes to wow just listening to you it's just making me think about am I a workaholic or not a workaholic and I would say Fiona in her 20s definitely was and uh, I owned a dental practice at a very very young age and like I'd only been out of uni 18 months and that was everything for me like I just I didn't even think about it though like back then being a workaholic didn't even exist there was no such word around it or anything like that and um and no frowning upon that. And I wanted to do everything I possibly could to make that really, really successful. 
And sometimes I forget how much I worked. Like I was talking to my husband not long ago, uh, saying to him, oh, I'm working really hard at the moment. And he was going, you don't work anywhere near like you used to. He goes, you were seven days. Like if you weren't, um, you know, doing the dentistry, you were in there actually physically running the business and making sure wages were paid and, you know, equipment was ordered and doing all that sort of stuff on top. And I, I had literally just forgotten, but I think I'd only forgotten because it wasn't a bad memory for me. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a, it was wasn't anything that I resented or regretted or anything like that. I think as I've got older and um, uh, I, I and I don't own the business, I think then that does make a difference for me because um, I don't I don't mind working for somebody else at all. And in fact, I've chosen to do that. Uh, but I'm not part of that decision process anymore or anything like that. So nowadays, I'm far more uh, set about my physical hours that I do. And lucky for me, my job doesn't require me to do any after hours. There's no emails after work and there's no work to be done. And I actually legally am not allowed to take any sort of records home or anything like that anyway because of Privacy Act which is a really a, probably a very positive thing. But then I do still work very hard around my own passion projects. So, you know, for a while there I had a food business with one of my sisters and we used to work on that all the time. But, like, I never resented that. And, and like, this podcast, like... You know, I was saying to you earlier, Dash, that tomorrow, a Sunday, I will be busy listening to it and spending hours on it. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait to do that, you know, even though it's my weekend because it's something I'm really passionate about. So I don't see that as a bad thing because it's, it's giving me energy and it's, yeah, really driving me. So I do think I do, um, do, do have, you know, workaholism in me, but I think I'm... I really define what it is and I think I've actually pretty much well got it under control at the moment. What about you, Amelia? For me personally, textbook answer, yes, I am because it's all the time. But similar to Dash, I really enjoy it. And I think I am at the stage in my career and my life where I know that I'm building blocks to just get better and better. And there's like a really tangible, it's a journey and it's a tangible payoff on the effort that I put in. Um, and for the side hustles in my life, I know that, like, for example, the project that I'm working with my mom on at the moment, it's a business for my family. And they've worked so hard for me that it's really nice to take the skill sets and knowledge that I have and join it with their agricultural knowledge to build. And it's nice to invigorate my parents with sort of excitement, like speaking with my dad, floating with the idea of like, hey, maybe you should start a vodka distillery because mm. we're building this brand and you have grain. So like put two and two together. It's uh, something different, something interesting. Work smarter, not harder. Hi, it's Sarah. Thanks for taking the time to listen to us here at the XYZ Experiment podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And if you enjoyed our show, make sure you tell all your friends and family and, of course, subscribe. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment. You'll get all our latest updates and news. And a big shout out to Luke Champion, who composed our original music. 